Hey, what is good? It's me, your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo, and welcome to Bobo's Block. If this is your first time joining us, thank you for tuning in to this block party I have every time I step behind the mic. And this is your 42nd, 35th, whatever time it is. What up, dog? It is good to hear from you again, and I'm glad we were able to kick it one more time for the one more time. I want to firstly let you guys know that this episode of Bobo's Block is solely sponsored by my Patreon. Patreon is where you can do the most and best good for Bobo's Block with the most help. It is our bread and butter here at Wonderground Media Studios, and that's how we keep the lights on and keep these podcasts rolling, man. Um, you can go to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bobo. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. There, you'll find a multitude of tiers where you can help show your support. We have tiers starting from like a dollar all the way up to $3,000. And if you go ahead and hit that $3,000 subscriber mark, I will give you my deepest thanks. But we will also be signing up for a wedding registry on <laughs> on Amazon because we want to get married. And I also want a KitchenAid. That's way more than I want to be married. I want a KitchenAid. Cobalt Blue. Just letting y'all know. But yeah. Thank you guys for joining me again for another episode of Bobo's Block. Um, I'm back at it, and we are here to talk about a lot of stuff today. Um, I have a few things to go over. I, I had a few things that I wanted to touch on. Um, there's still some things in the work for you. I told you guys last week I have somebody special coming in that will be um, talking with us. Um, but I did also give you guys a bonus episode last week. So, um, yeah, go check that out. Check that out on my Patreon. That is going to be on my Patreon. Again, I've been putting stuff on the main feed, but I want to make sure this goes to my Patreon. So, um, you guys, like I said, explore there. Like, it's not like, I put it up there for free. It's public. Don't worry about, like, you, it's not behind a pay window or anything like that. All bonus episodes are free, but they're on my Patreon. That's where you have to go. That's where a lot of other exclusive stuff is. If you want to jump in on that stuff, you can definitely go ahead and, um, check it out. But, all the bonus episodes on the Patreon are free. All you have to do is once you get to the Patreon, because I've realized like, I never explain it. Once you get to the Patreon, just keep scrolling down. It'll take you down to the post. And all the posts that are available, especially the bonus episodes, will just be like, hey, click on me. Ooh, ooh click on me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. That's, I think that's um, enough bills getting paid or whatever. So let's go ahead and get into the updates. I'm getting a little bit better. Again, y'all got to tell me what y'all want to hear for that. <laughs> so let's go ahead and um, tell you about what's been going on with me. So I've just been kind of like working, kind of getting things together. But I have been a little bit more diligent about... Um, putting out stuff more. I put out a new photo shoot that is um, on my Instagram and on my Facebook and literally almost everywhere. Like, if you've seen the new rebranding of my Friendly Neighborhood Nerd like persona, you guys should check it out. Um, it's, on my, it's on my Facebook page. It's on my... Um, well, my Facebook page is, is officially kind of updated as well. It's also Bobo FNN. So you can guys find me there on Facebook at Bobo FNN. I'm going to start trying to put posts back on there. Like, I don't be on Facebook like that, but I, I, it's just a lot of, like, like I said, yeah, a lot of places that I've fallen off. So I, I'll get back on my, my grind for you guys. Of course, you guys may have been able to see it on Instagram where it originally, like, really posted up or so. And I also want to give a shout-out to my Instagram followers. Got me up to 1,500 followers um, in total on Instagram. I also have, like I said, a good following on Twitter and as well, like I said, other platforms that I'm on. So I want to thank you guys for just the un bridled support that you always give me it's really dope um i really appreciate all the people who look in and like all my stuff dog it's dope it's dope to think that i am a content creator 
by trade because like I I have other things that I do yeah but this is what I love I love making podcasts I love making content for you guys so yeah hopefully we'll get into like some reels and stuff whatever I tried I tried a reel it didn't work out my perfectionist brain was like delete it delete it <laughs> um but yeah you guys will probably see some more new stuff coming up from me down the pipeline hopefully if I can like say work past a lot of the mental blocks that I'll be having but yeah dog <laughs> And that is, that is a, that's what's up with that. So, um, I also had a new episode of You Filthy Casuals come out. Go ahead and check that out. It's on my YouTube page. It's on, um, the OT's Twitch. And it's also on audio streaming. Um, you can just look us up, You Filthy Casuals Podcast. And you'll be able to find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, all the major platforms where you can listen to podcasts. Just like with Bobbo's Block. Bobbo's Block is everywhere. We even have an Alexa skill. Go ahead and get that. Um, but yeah. I think that's a little bit about it for the update. Um, oh, no, no, I do have something. So by this time next week, I'm going to have a new little nephew or niece. Um, my business partner, you guys know um, Aunt, Aunt Heard. He's always here, usually working or so, especially like during during like the week weekdays and stuff when I'm recording. He's usually in the background working, but he's not here this week. His wife, who has been currently, who has been pregnant if like, forever um he is due to have the baby on friday so big shout outs big congrats to the herd family we're adding a new member to the herd it we don't know if it's a boy or a girl we're saving that for the birth um they like to be surprised they have they <laughs> they have a whole tribe so no matter if it's a boy or girl it's gonna get so much love we're hoping for a girl um and i will let you guys know who my new niece or new nephew is on the next episode. You guys definitely will definitely be in, um, surprised for that. So, yeah. <sighs> All right. So, that is it for the update. That's it for the update. So, now, let's go ahead and get into around. Oh, wait. I didn't turn the effect off. My bad. <laughs> around the net. All right, and ATN this week is a little bit stacked. So let's go ahead and um, start off with a couple of things. So we got a, a whole, like, slew of stuff from Netflix through their Todom um, podcast. Or, like, it's like a fan fest or whatever. They're trying to do what DC Fandom did. Um, they gave us a fuck ton of stuff. So let me run down what I have so far. Um, we got... Firstly, this new movie, um, a, I think it's called Army of Thieves. It's from the guy. It's from Zack Snyder, uh, and it's I think a prequel to to Army of the Dead. It's really good. It's really good. We got this other one. It's called Red Notice with um, with Ryan Reynolds, The Rock, and fucking Gal Gadot. Like that's crazy. It's like some like Ocean's Eleven meets like batman like it's so weird it's good but yeah it's peak at red notice that's one's dope we got cobra cry season four we've got um big mouth season five we got sex education season four um we got a new look at the sequel to extraction with trans henworth extraction two that looks good what else we got I'm trying to save like the big stuff for last, whatever. Um, Enola Holmes is getting another movie, so that we'll have Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, and Louise Partige reprising their roles in Enola Holmes too, which was really good. Enola Holmes, the first one, I enjoyed. I enjoyed the fuck out of it myself. Um, what else did we get out of Todom? Um, we've got 
our first looks at Sandman. That was actually really good. I'm excited to see where the hell that goes from there. Um, Sandman looks like the cast and crew looks amazing on paper, but like to see it, like to see, see like the first trailer, the first promotional pictures, it just oh, fucking chef's kiss. Um, we got our next look at the Witcher season two. That looks in the, it looks like it's going to live up to the hype and I'm excited to see how they take the, um, the Witcher's narrative. Cause it was, it was all chaos at the end. So let's see how they, they play this one out. Um, we actually got our next look at Stranger Things 4, um, just alone with like the costume design, the, the haircuts, and just the overall theme of it. Stranger Things 4, is, it's well worth the wait. Well worth the wait indeed. Um, so I'm excited about that. And finally, we got our first look at the opening theme for Cowboy Bebop. The series. It's not a movie. It's a fucking series. And I'm excited because it it was amazing. Like, it was shot for shot, just like the opening theme of the anime. And Henry Cho and the cast, like, my God. They, they, yeah, Daniela Pindia and um, Elena Satine, like, I'm sorry, I said Henry Cho's John Cho. <laughs> yeah, John Cho, Elena, and um, Mustafa, they look so good. Like, the, the, they bring back the actual, like, full-on orchestral, like, orchestral um, like, arrangement for Tank by Yoko Kano. And, um, and it's, it drives me wild how crazy good this goddamn series now is going to be. So yeah, you guys definitely going to be on the lookout for all of that stuff that's, that came out of Tadome. And a lot of the things that we are really looking forward to is going to come like very quickly. Literally, it's coming very quickly. All right. So next up in the docket I have for you guys, um, the original Halloween, the, the, the movie that is like the original Halloween movie and its sequels are actually returning to theaters this um, spooky season. If you guys want to go in and check that out, definitely go in and look into your your local movie theaters or the movie theaters that are left. But Center Life Entertainment websites has the details on the upcoming screenings for the original film, Mike. Yeah, um, for the original film Halloween and the entire return of the franchise. We're all thrilled to return the legendary Halloween franchise to theaters to to continue our partnerships with Trinkets International Films and Compass International Pictures. Bernadette McCabe. Said from Center Life Entertainment. So yeah, you guys, I actually enjoy like enjoy the Halloween series, especially around spooky season. So starting October fifteenth, uh, yeah, October fifteenth, that's when Halloween Kills comes out. Their fans are going to be able to look back at the series origins as well as the newest rendition of the Halloween t- um telling. So yeah. You got to definitely get into that, man. Spooky season is my shit. So, yeah, I'll definitely be trying to see some Halloween movies. And I'll probably do some do some updates, some reviews for you. If I get to see Halloween kills, I'll definitely let you guys know. All right. I have to talk about it here. Um, but it was an actual um, bonus episode. You guys can check out that bonus episode. Me and my tag team partner, Cam, Dashing Cam, um, did on the newest announced movie from nintendo it is the mario brothers movie 
And if you don't know why we did a bonus episode on it, I'm going to just read you the cast and I'm going to leave it at that and let you go listen to the bonus episode. I'll put it down in the link below. It's on my Patreon, but yeah, put it down in the link below. <sighs> this cast for the Mario fucking movie is Chris Pratt, Anya Taylor Joy, Charlie Day, Jack Black, Keegan Michael Key, Seth Rogen, Fred Armisen, Kevin Michael Richardson, Sebastian Maniscalco and Charles Marionette. They'll, those are the people that are going to be voicing Nintendo and Illumination's Mario Brothers movie coming to theaters in the holiday season of 20. Oh, sorry, in the holiday season of 2022. All right, so Chris Pratt is Mario, which is fucking crazy. Anna Taylor Joy is, is <laughs> Princess Peach. Charlie Day is going to be Luigi, also crazy. Jack Black is going to be Bowser. Keegan-Michael Key is going to be Toad. Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Fred Armisen is going to be Cranky Kong. Kevin-Michael Richardson is Kamek. Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike. And Charles Marionette is a unrevealed mystery character. So, yeah, we give our whole reactions and our thoughts to that, me and Cam, on the bonus episode. Go ahead and check that out. You guys will not be disappointed. It's fucking hilarious. It's called The Super Mario Brothers, the movie, the video game. Um... <laughs> So, in some good, good, uplifting news, especially about this person here, Little Nas X was announced as the winner, and he awarded the Suicide Prevention Advocate Award. I really got to stop hitting this guy on cord. <laughs> Little Nas X has been honored by the Suicide Prevention Advocate uh, as the Suicide Prevention Advocate of the Year by intervention organization The Trevor Project. In celebration of this first day of Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, the organization said Little Nas X was chosen as the inaugural recipient because of his willingness to be candid about his personal struggles as a member of the LGBTQ plus community and his battles with suicide ideation. Teen Vogue reported on that. So yeah, it's a lovely thing because there's a lot of shit that people always say about um, Little Nas X and how he's like, oh, controversial. You, you gotta keep him with the kids and then... This is something that is lovely because it's a very true and, and like earned award. He's always talked about his struggles, about being accepted, about his, his life, uh, his being openly gay and shit like that. Like he is a great role model, honestly. And yeah, he does some crazy outlandish stuff, but what troll on the internet does not. Um, I am so happy to see him get this award and I'm glad that he was the inaugural recipient of this award. All right, moving forward in the docket. Um, Russell T. Davies. This is something for my fellow Whovians. This is really dope. Russell T. Davies is actually going to be returning to Doctor Who as its showrunner to celebrate the 60th anniversary in 2023. And the series beyond that is going to be under him again. Um, BBC Studios are partnering with Bad Wolf to produce the 60th anniversary and also set other new shows. I'm excited about this because if you guys are Doctor Who fans, Russell T. Davies gave us classic, classic, classic shows of, like I said, The Ninth Doctor, some tenant work, like I said, this was the era before Moffat. So I'm super excited to see him back into the to the to the role of showrunner. Um, I want to see what he does with Jody. Jody is um, the Thirteenth Doctor. It's been delightful. 
Um, her stories are very different from the other from the other doctors because again, it's a new doctor, new basically new franchise, new new lore that's getting developed and stuff. And it's always that point where you're at with a new doctor, you're just like, I don't like it, but like you, they grow on you. It happened with Matt Smith. Didn't need it to happen with Capaldi. I fucking love Capaldi from from Rip. Um, but yeah, Jody also love her, but like I said, I know there's a lot of people who are very hesitant when it comes to her because she she's different. She's not um, she's not. David Tennant. She's not Matt Smith. She's not Chris Eccleston. She's not Peter Capaldi. She's not even John Hurt. Like, she's bringing such a new air and a new life to the Doctor role. Very happy to see her. And I also want to see what they do with Ruth. If you guys don't know who Ruth is, go back to my president. Is, <laughs> my president is black and my doctor is too. And now that, that will definitely give you all you need to know about Doctor Ruth. Um, yeah, that is so dope. A lot of people are ecstatic and, and can't wait to see the next iteration of the anniversary show. So I'm excited to see that when it comes out and you guys definitely keep it up on the block with me and watching some doctor who, <laughs> all right. So we actually, um, have a, uh, serious thing to talk about. So, um, there's some rumblings happening over in Marvel. This is this was almost about to be the nerdgasm for this week, but I, I wanted to just kind of like talk about it, let it ruminate because we don't know really know what's happening. So currently, um, Spider-Man, the fate of Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and a few other characters are up in the air in Marvel's Marvel and Disney's land because um, in a move that will have copyright lawyers at Walt Disney people at Walt Disney Company sweating, the estate of the comic book artist Steve Ditko has filed two notices of copyright termination with Disney and Marvel with regard to both Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. That's kind of crazy, especially with what's happening currently now with the Multiverse of Madness. Those are going to be the the two people who are starting to shit off because in Spider-Man No Way Home is Spider-Man going to Doctor Strange telling him to fix this shit and it's going to be crazy but if we were to see this come to fruition because there's been a ongoing battle between the state of Steve Ditko and um, a lot of comic book creator families and estates who have been trying to battle for rights or royalties that come from these characters and Disney owns the majority stock, or uh, really just owns the characters at this point outright or whatever. But soon, soon that's to be changing. Um, a lot of these characters are going to public domain, and they also like to coming up to where they can file for these ter- ter- notices of termination. Um, if this goes through by June 2023, we may lose Spider-Man and Doctor Strange, and that will also make rev- ramifications within the MCU and also just in the comic books in general, along with them, probably any character that Steve Ditko has had a, a hand in creating, which is a good bit of the beloved characters that we love, why we watch and read today. So, yeah, so, um, that's true. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that I wanted to go into. I wanted to do a little bit more deeper research. I probably may still talk about this a little bit more in depth, but I want to go in and give it like an actual deep dive into research on this because there's a lot of things that are going behind the scenes that a lot of comic book readers or casual readers 
don't get like take notice of because like so these are things that are handled either in courtrooms or in like said in like closed doors and stuff like that and it only come out later on down the line in life where we hear about what really happened or how they were shysted or things like that because disney's not cleaning this I, I will admit that disney is not a clean entity that will be like oh i'm going to defend disney and marvel and the mcu like no no, no they're business they're business and they will definitely do some dirty shit to keep their things and keep their ways because again they could be paying these families they could be paying these estates but it had to come to this and someone said like disney almost actually messed up because they put the they did a new copyright filing on like spider-man and stuff and spider-man was about to go into public domain where they, they couldn't have been able to do this notice of termination but now since we renewed the copyright and the trademark and stuff it's right back to where we can do this. So, yeah, it's kind of shooting themselves in the foot or so. But, mm, like I said, I want to do a little bit more deep research on this before I give a full, like I said, talking point from my perspective about it. But, yeah, it's something that, hmm, it's scary because we remember last time when Sony just didn't want to play ball. Now, this isn't just like a company like, oh, we're going to do what we want to do and we're going to keep all the money. This is the estate of the creator of the goddamn thing. So if they say shut it down, it's shutting it down. So yeah, that's, that's going to be crazy. All right. Moving forward um, along in the docket. What else I got for you? Oh, Babylon 5 is something that I haven't heard in so long. Um, Babylon 5 is being looks to be rebooted by the CW. There are plans in development right now for the original series with the original series creator, J. Michael Star um, Strakinski, I want to say. Hmm. Yeah, but like, I I haven't watched Babylon Five in so long. Like, but that is one of the classic sci-fi space series, such as like said, and and in like vein of like the Star Treks and the the Farscapes and the goddamn um <laughs> like the 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 old school stuff that I used to watch on UPN like back in the day on Saturday afternoons and stuff. Like, it was really good. Like, really good. God damn it. <laughs> really good sci-fi um, came out of the 80s and 90s, man. And I, I, I don't think a lot of it gets appreciation. So for Babylon 5 to be getting a reboot, that is something really nice to hear. I'm very excited about it. Definitely excited about that. So, yeah. All right. So, um, sadder note as of right now. Um, we just learned about, a few, like I said earlier today, um, that... There was a passing of someone very prevalent in the comic book world, Jeffrey Hewitt. Jeff Hewitt was a talented inker, bringing some of the most iconic Marvel characters to life in stories such as Incredible Hulk, Iron Man, Fantastic Four, and beyond. Uh, Marvel released a statement that they were saddened to hear the news and their heart goes out to his family and loved ones. Um, Jeff Hewitt was someone who I... <laughs> like so you you read the names on the actual comic books but like you don't realize how deeply they they have touched your comic book or nerdy life like i said i really want to send out my heart to his family and uh, to all the people he's worked with and loved and things of that nature because again this is a great amazing artist that is no longer going to be gracing us with his talent so I thank him for all the things that he's contributed to the universe and the, anything that he's in fact, like he's contributed to my life. Cause I've read a lot of Marvel comics that he has touched the page of. So yes, thank you, Jeff. Thank you for all you've done. All right. Sticking in Marvel, um, Spider-Man actually has a big anniversary coming up, bro. 
it is 10 years of Miles Morales. So we are on the cusp, the precipice of a new type of like anniversary to keep celebrating. So yeah, this is the decade of Miles. But with this decade, we're actually giving him a new costume. A lot of people have been a little bit up in arms about this costume. I actually, I, I like it. Uh, I see where they're going with it because it's very versatile depending on how they, how the artist draws it, but it's very flowy. So Miles is keeping his red and black, but he's getting like a new suit design. He has new shoes and he also has a sweater or like a little um, hoodie or it's, it's really dope. It fits his urban lifestyle or urban aesthetic. And it also gives him new, like, kind of distinction from Peter. Like, he doesn't look like a Spider-Man clone, which is another problem that Miles is also having. He had a clone saga of himself. And this is coming off the backs of his clone saga. He's kind of reinventing himself, kind of re rebranding who Miles Morales is as Spider-Man. And I like it. And honestly, if you give it a chance, it may grow on you and you may like it too. And because it also gets cold as fuck in New York. And I've always wondered why does Spider-Man run around in just a skin tight ass outfit? Um, so yeah, he doesn't do that anymore. He has a whole like fucking sweater hoodie. Like it, it's, it's dope. Go check out the new costume design. And they also have a variant where it shows you the full costume, but also the costume without the sweater. And I love this I love the suit without the sweater, too. It gives the classic sleek Spider-Man look with the new Spider logo. And like I said, just a new feel to Miles Morales in general. So I'm I'm ecstatic for all of these things here with Miles Morales. So, yeah, hope you guys are, too. Hmm. All right. So let me see. Was that it? Was that it for the docket? Um, I got the yeah, I got the Spider-Man thing and all the stuff with Netflix. Yeah, I think that's about it for the docket, man. So let's go ahead and we're going to kick it into a musical break. And then um, this musical break is actually something I've been told you I've, I've been needing to get back into video games. You guys, slowly I'm doing it. Um, we talked about a video game movie on the bonus episode. Now I'm going to be giving you guys a video game track. Um, this is actually from a video game called Sable. This is the original soundtrack from Sable. This song is called um, what is this song called? Glider. It's called Glider, and it's by Tokyo Breakfast. Um, if you guys don't know, or I'm sorry, not J Tokyo, Japanese Breakfast. Dang, I'm messing all up today. <laughs> I'll leave the description in the link below so you guys can go ahead and take a listen to it after it, or not, take a listen to it and add it to your library as well. But yeah, it's by Japanese Breakfast, and the song is called Glider from the Sable original soundtrack. See you guys after the break.
right, thank you so very much for joining me back here on Bobo's Block. Of course, again, as I told you guys, um, that was Glider by Japanese Breakfast, and that is on the Sable original soundtrack. Um, I actually want to try and get into Sable. Like, if they, I've listened to the whole soundtrack as of right now, and it's a dope ass like kind of vibe to it. So I definitely want to see what it's all about. Um, I'll probably see if I can look up some gameplay and things like that yes yes i looked up i saw the soundtrack before i um <laughs> before i played the game because it actually got recommended to me on my apple music so yeah so this may be something up my alley anyway so hopefully we'll be able to get you guys some updates on, on me playing sable maybe i even may go to twitch and play sable oh but yeah well um we're going to get into today's nergasm. And this nergasm is all about comic book shakeups. So, um, something crazy has just happened in the Marvel Universe. So, um, there's a new miniseries out. I believe it's a six part miniseries by Tom Taylor. Yes, that same Tom Taylor who did Deceased and Injustice. He is pinning a new, um, new timeline honestly like a new future it seems like for the marvel universe because it's called marvel dark ages and in this one there's a huge shakeup from from jump um spoilers ahead for if you have not read the book or if you want to read the book or so i'm not going to give the full plot away but we have gone into territory where we where it is it is truly unknown right now so um this book starts off with four four major deaths and it's it's not even like oh c d list characters these are like heavy hitters that you think would probably be able to take down everything um we find out in the opening pages or so this is also being narrated by peter parker um we find out in the opening pages that there is something happening something big happening um, he's chilling with Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Mary Jane and May, um, his daughter May, um, and they're doing like a little play date and stuff like that or whatever. And his, his, like all the spiders, Miles, Gwen, May Parker, and, um, Peter, spider scenes go off horribly. Then you also see Moon Girl getting a, a actual like distress signal like, oh, hey, this shit, something's wrong. And then Reed Richards has been investigating it and the Beast is talking about it. Doctor um Doctor Strange also feels it throughout the throughout like the, the whole magical sphere. He he gets or they go to Professor X and Jean Grey talking about it telepathically and they're like, This is the craziest shit I've ever seen. You also see Apocalypse. He's felt it and he's like, Yes. Yes, I hear you. And I'm like, okay, what the fuck is happening? So we get to the Baxter building. Moon Girl's written Devil Dinosaur to the Baxter building. And um, she's meeting with Reed. And she's like, hey, this is like crazy. This it, it seems like we're having impact tremors. But they're not coming from the surface. They're coming from the core. And... I don't know how to explain that, but we're going to investigate it or whatever. Um, and then the Watcher, Watu, pops up because Valeria is like, hey, this seems like the end of the world. And he's like, yes, it is the end of the world. And if you've been watching What If, you know, whenever the Watcher actually shows up, it's it's bad. It's bad, bad. Like, my God. So um, we find out that through the Watcher, there was a living robot called the Unmaker. He was 
created by the Living Tribune and stuff like he's supposed to stop like black holes and all the bad stuff or whatever. But he got too powerful, he got corrupted. So the Living Tribune trapped him inside of a new world. And you want to guess where that world is? Yeah, Earth. And with Earth being his eggshell, he's ready to hatch. He's awake again. And he's like, time to get out of this bitch. But there's a whole civilization of humans. Um, it's like 7 billion of us up here. And he's just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, so we, we try to figure out a way to stop him. So Spider-Man, Reed Richards, Moon Girl, um, Beast. I saw Professor X in there. It's like all the great thinkers, T'Challa, everybody was um, putting their brains together. Like the big brains are putting their brains together. And we decided to send a task force to try and see if we could take it down. And again, heavy hitters. We sent Doctor Strange, the Sorcerer Supreme. We sent Wanda, literally can remake reality. We sent the Vision, a living machine on par with nobody. And we also sent um, Ben Grimm, the thing, so he can punch it if, if need be, and Sue Storm to protect them from the heat of the Earth's core. All my niggas got clapped except Sue. Like, nigga. Like, it was bad. Like, Thing went first. He got blasted. Wanda tried to reality warp. She got unmade herself because he's the unmaker. Um, and he wasn't even at full power, which was crazier. Vision was like, fuck. So he went all crazy. And he actually sacrificed himself and went into the brain of the Unmaker. So that, that nigga's gone. Then Doctor Strange found a realm, a world, where it was powered by EMP. Powered by a big electromagnetic pulse at the Earth center. And he siphoned that pulse from that realm into our world. And it, stopped, it did the trick, but in the in the whole like hoopla of it, the Unmaker saw Strange doing that, and he stabbed through Sue's force field and killed Doctor Strange. So right there, our two biggest magical users, our unstoppable fucking robot, and our powerhouse are all dead. Dead. This is main 616 shit. Like, this is Marvel 616 main continuity universe. Tom Taylor does not play around when he comes into a world. He shakes shit up. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. When it comes to these comic book shakeups, how far is too far? Because we've gotten the likes of Injustice. We've gotten the likes of um, Deceased. And we've gotten the likes of, like I said, before in... in um, in in Marvel, we've gotten the death of Wolverine. We've gotten the death of Doctor Strange. We've gotten the death of Deadpool. We've gotten all new, all different Marvel. When comic books are ready to shake things up, it's a sight to see. Because DC has done it more than Marvel has, I will admit. Because DC has had the New 52. They've had Rebirth. And now they're on new in, yeah, Infinity Frontier. Or, yeah, New Frontier. It's... <sighs> It's more than just a ploy or a or a a cry to connect with somebody. It's really giving your writers and everyone a sandbox to play in because the rules no longer apply. The things that we were were established as like oh status quo or oh the things that we know and love the meat and potatoes of it all are out the window. We have free range to do whatever we want 
as a writer or as like a creator or, or artist or so like when you get into the designs of say a new 52 superman over like say a new frontier superman like there are subtle and drastic differences people hated the the look and the the demeanor of new 52 superman but i actually enjoyed the fuck out of it i even enjoyed the run where he lost his powers um i i I will not say the new 52 was perfect, but I enjoyed what they did with a lot of the characters that I know and love. Even when I come to all new, all different Marvel, the shakeup there was lovely. I enjoyed that we were getting a new status quo of heroes, that we weren't getting the same stories of Steve Rogers and, and Tony Stark or so. We had Riri Williams. You had Sam Wilson as Captain America. You had Laura, who is still currently Wolverine. She's the only holdover of the all new all different laura is wolverine and you have um um jane foster is thor which was an amazing thor run that people really should get more into especially right now before we get into love and thunder the things that jane foster had went through to just <laughs> keep her identity one as thor a secret from the asgardians and all that stuff like that and then just the way that she used the power to become like to become a symbol of hope um it was it's 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 lovely to see what writers can do with a new narrative so this again is a six-part miniseries so this won't always be here this won't this will probably be something where we finish up and wrap it up at the end and the 616 goes back to normal but in that little slice of 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 continuity that we have now Tom Taylor has such a, oh, has such an eye for many little details or so, because this is how Injustice started. Injustice started as like a little one-off run or so, and it was something that we were going to like play around with, and it came, it turned into a full-blown universe. It's its own thing now, and it has video games, it has its own properties, even have a new movie coming out, like you've seen what they could do with that. So now seeing Tom Taylor taking his, his eye for new world building as such as he does to Marvel and doing this dark ages story, this story of a world with no electricity. How will our superheroes, especially our technologically bound superheroes get by without any electricity, especially people like Iron Man who fell out of the sky when the fucking EMP started to grow and hit. Um, Peter Parker, surprisingly, his web shooters are ran off electricity, so they don't work anymore. Um, as well, you have other heroes that are, are, are very poignant. Like I said, if there were, there were people who were able to bring a story to life. And how would we tell this story of a world without electricity in this new modern era? Like, there are so many things that we get to explore and this is going to be not like like nothing else i've ever seen when i heard dark ages i thought they were going to like do like some medieval time type thing like no no no, they're bringing the dark ages to current time like that's going to be because i know i love my creature comforts but yeah but we're getting back onto the topic of comic book shakeups i i love a good shakeup because when you shake up the status quo you get new stories that you never intended to actually pull out of the box. Like 
when you say when you say things like a Miss Marvel story is just pandering or whatever, you're not thinking of long term because if you did a shakeup properly, such as Miss Marvel, such as All New, All Different, these things stand the test of time and become the new classics. Becomes more than just a legacy character taking up a mantle. They become the hero. The same thing with Miles Morales. Miles Morales is no longer just a secondary Spider-Man. He is the Spider-Man. He is the Spider-Man that people look up and look out to in the comic book universe. Like when they say Spider-Man, they're probably talking about the black and red one now. And that that is crazy. Again, Miles is 10 years old. Miles is, as a character is 10 years old. And that's lovely to see. And also in that book, they established um they established Moon Girl as the smartest person in the Marvel universe. I love that. So her character is 6 years old like she's only been around for six years but they understand the the need for actual representation of someone taking that mantle from reed richards like i always i'm not like hating or anything but i always hate it when people are like oh reed richards like i honestly don't see it for reed i don't um he's had some great great ideas but like if you remember the last time we had Reed really, really get down in the nitty gritty. It was um, Secret Wars when Doctor Doom was it was God Doom and stuff like that. He took the powers of the Beyonder and everything. And Anti um, Matter Man, he was like, "Oh, well, Reed, you think you can do a better job than <laughs> than um, Victor?" And he's like, "Yeah, I can." Well, show me. W what now? Yeah, nigga, show me now. So <laughs> like. When Reed's pushed to the, to the limit or whatever, he, he pulls out some good stuff. But honestly, like, Reed is just like any other superhero. The only reason why he has more advanced intelligence is because of the Council, the council of Reeds. So to see and know that they have established or acknowledge that this, this character here, Moon Girl, this little black girl from New York who has a dinosaur as a pet and a sassy-ass black mama is actually the smartest person in the universe... I fucking love it. Shakeups like that, things that are 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 testing the known status that you have been so comfortably coddled in. Because again, there are people who are probably way smarter than Reed. Like there are people comparable in their field that are way smarter than Reed. But there's always oh, Reed Richards. That that was the running thing in Marvel. If the end of the world happens, go find Reed Richards. Why? Who? who what is he gonna do? Like, if it wasn't for the Baxter building and the grants and everything that he has, like, he would really have no, like, is he going to stretch me, stretch the problem away? Like, what is, what is, what is Reed's, like, pivotal thing that he's always, like, the one to go to? He always has the plan, like, okay, like, I can get that from a lot of people in the Marvel Universe. But again, I digress on that. Because, again, I'll, I'll be sounding salty. I'll sound like a hater or whatever. But I, I'm glad that we do have these these writers who are willing to take these risks, to take these opportunities to actually say, hey, it's not like what you think it is. It's not going to be the same old, same old rigmarole, meat and potato shit. This is going to be something that you will remember for years to come. I think that we will be talking about Dark Ages like 
a, a, a smooth five to ten years down the line, twenty even. Like it's probably going to become one of those comic books that that will get a little bit lukewarm acceptance at first but once looking back at it you're going to see that tom taylor really did something amazing here especially with the choices that he took from the first issue we have the sorcerer supreme and the embodiment of chaos magic gone if there would have been anybody to rebuild the world at that point that the electricity is gone it would have been those two but they're not here so here we are just fucking on our own on our own like they like we have to figure this shit out we don't know at this point who's going to be the established new sorcerer supreme will it be dr voodoo or like will it be someone who we we haven't been introduced yet like we don't know who's going to be able to to do what we have established already by our normal like hierarchy when it comes to this like who moves up in the ranks i want to see who tom taylor puts in his top five we also see a um a, a glimpse at the end of the the new villain status quo bro like it's bro like go read dark ages issue number one from tom taylor and marvel stuff uh, marvel shelves now i am i'm truly truly ecstatic about like i said how he's how he's going to play this narrative out so i i love like medieval time stuff or like like um very ingenuitive type things like they're always characters who i know could fucking macgyver stuff out of their (laughs) out of their um bad situations and peter parker is one of those guys because um even with the electricity going peter parker is smart as a whip and that's always been one person that i I feel as if i would go to first before i would go to reed richards it's fucking peter parker go to peter parker tony stark I'll, i'll probably even go to um professor x before i go to reed richards bro like i don't know why that's the go-to thing of oh when the world's about to end go to reed richards like i don't know man but yeah it's if there are any status quo shaking comic book series or comic books and uh and say like other promotions or other distributors such as like an image dark horse um What's what's another good one? Um, like I said, any any indie comics that you feel like this is something that shook up what I knew about this comic, go ahead and drop the line to me. Tell me about them. I want to know more. Like, cause there's so much to read out there. That's the one thing that I love about comic books. Even though you may think that there's like not much of anything left, there is so fucking much to read, and I am super excited to read it all. So yeah, um, I think that's gonna be it for me, man. I'm going to go ahead and wrap it up here. So, again, I've been your friendly neighborhood nerd, the Bobo. Um, you can catch me anywhere that you can stalk your ex on social media. That's at BoboFNN on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also catch me um, on YouTube at your friendly neighborhood nerd, Bobo. And, of course, check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Bobo. That's patreon.com forward slash B-O-B-B-O. So, until next week or next time I step behind the mic, catch you guys on next time on the block, all right? Peace.